Uh, good morning, church. I'm Pastor Steve. Just want to give a shout out. Uh, you might have wondered, who is that guy singing? Well, that's Sam, who is normally on the keys. And he led worship for us, and we just really appreciate uh, his being willing to, to use his gifts in that way and share them with you and uh, honor God with them. Uh, we're going to jump right into Psalm. Woohoo! Go, Sam! We're going to jump into Psalm 15 as we begin week two of the series, Change My Heart. So would you follow along, please? David ponders, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? David wants to know who can spend time in God's presence. And he's not talking about like a short visit, right? He wants to know who can dwell there, who can live there. David doesn't want to just meet God for this short experience. He wants to fellowship with God for a lifetime. David then answers his question in verses 2 through 5. The one whose way of life is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, who does these things will never be shaken. David has learned, and he wants others to know, that whoever displays this type of character will never be shaken from the Lord's presence. They won't be removed from God's sanctuary or his holy hill. Maybe your mind doesn't think like mine, and maybe that's a good thing. But when I read verses 2 through 5, I wonder, do I really have to be totally blameless to be in God's presence? Can I really be blameless? I mean, if God is telling me that I have to be blameless in order to spend time with him, I'm going to be straight up honest with you and tell you we're in trouble. We should pray. No, really, we should pray. Let's do that. God, we, we need you. God, more, more than ever now, we need you. God, we can't on our own strength be blameless, but God, we want your power by, by your spirit, God. We, we want you to lead us in such a way that we reflect you to the world around us. Help us to glorify you by showing your love and truth in all that we do, say, and think. Father God, may your grace cover the ways we fall short as you make us new 
in Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think what God is really after is integrity. And Dr. Henley Cloud wrote a book with that title called Integrity. And he defined integrity as the ability to deal with reality. That's good, amen? The ability to deal with reality. Integrity, I would, I would take it one step further and actually clarify what reality is. I, I would clarify reality as, and I think Dr. Cloud would agree, a willingness to accept God's perspective of reality. So integrity then would be the ability to deal with life based on God's eternal reality. And I, and I say that because it seems like everyone has their own truth and their own reality these days. In many people's minds, there are as, as many truths and as many realities as there are people. And, and your life can line up with some far out version of reality perfectly, but that doesn't make it good. Amen? Our perspective is limited. God's is limitless. Our thoughts and our feelings will lie to us, but his word and his view of all things is truth. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We grow. We mature, change. We come to the realization of things, praise God. God doesn't do any of those things. Do you realize that nothing has ever occurred to God? Like, huh, I never thought of that. God never had that experience. Reality and truth are as timeless as he is. So integrity, if you're taking notes, is the ability to deal with God's reality. Before we dig deeper into what integrity is, let me put all of our minds at ease because integrity is not perfection. Let me say that again. Integrity is not perfection. So you can all join me in breathing a sigh of relief whew, about needing to pull off being totally blameless and righteous in your own strength. A better description of integrity would be the desire, the desire to live life consistent with God's truth and reality. In my own life, I have found that to be a process that I am continuing to grow into. God is always revealing to me, I'm sure to you as well, uh, ways that my thoughts, feelings, actions need to line up with the truth of the word and his reality. I, I think we all tend to have a tendency to compartmentalize life unintentionally and maybe just default to the way we've always done life or the way we grew up doing life or the way that we were taught and raised. God wants to take and make every aspect of who we are new, but that takes time. For, for example, you may know someone who legitimately accepted Jesus into their heart and into their life. But God hasn't brought that transformation and newness 
maybe to their professional life yet. Does that mean that they're not a Christian? No. It just means that they are still in process. Someone might habitually just do work the way they've always done work. Or they may view what they do for a living as separate at first from their relationship with Jesus. It can take time for Jesus to make all things new. Amen? Or maybe you know someone who loves Jesus, but they still do their social life like they did when they weren't a believer, because that takes time to process out too, right? See what I'm getting at? I don't think anyone, like, really breaks those areas of their life out intentionally into compartments with different standards for every aspect of life. We're all just doing life. But I think sometimes people unintentionally might have those different standards as they are in process of being made new. For the sake of conversation, I want to look at that separately and just say God wants to enter every area of our lives and make them new. While people are in process, it's really, really important that we don't cast them aside or judge someone that might sin differently than us. I love how Jesus handled this dynamic as he addressed the Pharisees who were literally holding rocks about to stone a woman that they had caught in the very act of adultery. You remember what Jesus said? Like, all right, throw the rock. Stoner, go ahead. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Jesus knew even the religious Pharisees struggled with sin. If not right then, at some point in their life, they struggled with sin. The goal is to allow the Holy Spirit such access to our hearts, full access to every fiber of our being, because sin is serious. What God says is sin is sin. And it will rob us of the blessings that he has for us. Sin is toxic. And it will corrupt our lives, rob us of joy, peace, and true fulfillment. In the absence of the grace and forgiveness of Jesus, sin leads to death and eternal separation from God. It's not that Jesus was okay with the woman's sin and just concerned about the Pharisees' ugly heart and judgmentalism and and their evil intent. After the Pharisees pondered Jesus' words and slipped away from the woman, he told her, go and sin no more. Jesus aims at changing our hearts and our lives It's what we're about as a church. Think of seeing someone struggle with sin this way. If you saw me walking out of church, and I'm carrying all kinds of stuff, dropping things, struggling under the weight, trying to use my foot to get the door, what would you do? Oh, Pastor Steve, let me help you with that. Let me get the door for you. you. You would offer to help me. 
I think as a church, that should be our approach with people who struggle with sin and struggle with integrity. As we meet people who walk through these doors burdened with, with all sorts of things life throws at them. As you walk into Walmart, you meet those people. Sin, character defects, broken hearts, addiction, apathy, rebellion. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We want to love and support people in their relationship with Jesus. So we, we glorify him in all that we do. That's, that's our desire together. If you think you can do that on your own without relationship, we'll pray for you. Because that is not how it works. We all need community. Uh, can you say connect group? You need one. If you're not in one right now or don't, don't have one that you're going to be joining back in the fall, if you haven't clicked with a group yet, you need to see Jed. And then he will train you and you can lead a connect group and you can ask whoever you want to be in that group with you. Come to think of it, you need to meet Jed. So Jed, if you would come join us on stage. Uh, Jed is our new director of tech and community. And Jed's first week here was Vacation Bible School Week, which means Jed got baptized by fire and water all in the same week. Uh, but this is Jed. Jed, you want to say something to the people of New Stanton Church? Oh, yeah, just um, I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to walk in faith with you all. And it's funny that he says connect groups are coming up because signups are next month. So <laughs> plug in that one real quick. Awesome. I'm awesome. excited to be with you all. I tell you what, would you do me a favor? Let's pray for Jed as... Uh, he begins, God, we give you thanks for this young man and for his integrity and for the gifting and calling you have placed on his life. And God, as he works with the people of New Stanton Church, we pray that your grace and favor would be upon him. God, we pray that his relationships would be fruitful and that the kingdom of God would be seen through his life and his ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome him, please? Integrity is when our behavior and our thoughts match up with the reality of God's truth. Proverbs 10.9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. I know at some point, y'all like me have done something that you prayed no one would find out. We've all done that. Sin robs us of security, and we fear instead. That doesn't happen when we act righteously, when we do God's truth. I have never done the right thing and hope no one would find out. I've never been embarrassed by doing the right thing. I've never been fearful that someone would catch me doing the right 
thing. Integrity is often defined as who you are when no one is looking. But the truth of who we are will always come to light. One of the sharpest criticisms that non-Christians make of Christians is that we live by different standards than what we claim to believe. Christians often accuse, are being accused of being hypocrites. We, we talk the talk, but don't walk the walk, right? Well, Jesus had a problem with religious folks who didn't walk the walk too. Look at Matthew 23, 25. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, the religious elite of that day. You hypocrites, he called them. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. God pays attention to. God sees what is on the inside of our lives. We can't blow a religious smokescreen with Jesus. He sees right through it. Jesus wants who we say we are to match who we are on the inside. And the Spirit can bring that change in us. This is challenging. But listen, God, God's not disappointed if we're in process. He's not frustrated. He's frustrated when we lie to ourselves and others. All of us are showing people Jesus all the time. Or not. Every decision we make, how we live, the way we talk, what we do, whether we choose to be generous or selfish, whether we keep our promises, it matters. Older I get, the more I realize that I am building a legacy that my life will leave. I have not been the perfect leader, parent, or pastor. And I hope one day, uh, I've got teenagers, right? So I hope one day my kids will offer me grace for the mistakes that I've made and remember the love that we shared together. I hope that as they get older, we make new memories with the time we have left together. I'm prayerfully trying to model Jesus in my life. Parents, I'm telling you, young parents especially, I wish I could go back and talk to 30-year-old Steve, right? Oh, I, I might even punch me in the face and say, listen to me. Stop it. Stop it. Listen. This is important. I would try to convince myself to shepherd and encourage my kids' hearts more and worry about their behavior less. I wouldn't stress over the mess, and I would focus more just on spending time together. Because you know what? Whether you know it or not, and it seems like it will never happen, but all the toys you trip over, they go when the kids go. They, they don't, it doesn't stay. The mess leaves. But so do the kids. The relationship remains. The plastic all gets burned and thrown in the trash. It won't stay in your house. I would honor my wife more and try to convince myself 
30-year-old Steve, not to joke around about absolutely everything. You see, the truth is, every decision, every interaction we have with someone is an opportunity to show them Jesus. Integrity matters because someone's salvation may be decided whether, by whether we have it or we lack it. Our witness, what we say, what we do with God's truth and reality matters. Here's a, a really hard question to ponder and wrestle with. What is your integrity worth? Like, what is the price at which you are willing to compromise it? Will you lie on a resume to get a job that costs forty, eighty, dollars $120,000 a year? Well, then that is what your integrity is worth. Are you willing to steal a ream of paper that costs $6 from church or work? Well, then that's what your integrity is worth. Maybe it's the price of your neighbor's Wi-Fi or somebody's Netflix account that you use. Maybe it's the price of a, a dough license you wouldn't buy or the prize money in the turkey pole because you shot four birds instead of two. Maybe it's eight bucks because you'll lie about your kid's age to get a discount into Kennywood. What's your integrity worth? And is it worth it really? Is it worth hindering your witness and showing someone Jesus who's looking in? Because somebody's always looking in. Is it worth someone's salvation? That's sort of a rhetorical question, right? Because the answer is no. You know, of course not. But sometimes our actions say otherwise. I want to close with a psalm this morning and, and challenge you to pray this with me. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to ask if you would pray that prayer with me. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. You're, you're going to need to write it down someplace or get a sermon note sheet from the back. But the prayer is, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. As I've been reflecting on that verse, there are a few places that I want to share with you that I have found helpful in identifying the areas in my life that God, like, has his finger on. So, again, if you're, you're taking notes and are willing to pray this prayer, these areas will be helpful for you. Number one, wherever I, wherever you are the most defensive if you want to build a case for why you're right and what you're doing, and you might want to ask God to search you in that area. Number two, whatever or I or you want to hide from others, actions, attitudes, whatever you want to cover up, that, that prayer, that, that hope that has never come to the light of the day, 
that's an area to say, God, search me. And then third, wherever I am the most, wherever you are the most critical and negative. That often reveals your passion and also what just drives you nuts. We don't always act righteously in those times. Search me, God, and know my heart. As a general rule, it is easier to keep your integrity than recover from not having it. I've watched too many people's lives blow up. It is good to be in this process together. It's good to start the process now. God, search me. The good news is God is not done with us yet. What we honor, we have as a church to show people Jesus and provide a place where people can meet Jesus and be forgiven of their sins and be in process. That's who we are. Eternity will look different because we loved one another on this journey together. I want to say, if you've never started that process, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, if you've never started this process, there is no better time than like right now. So would you pray with me? God, we give you thanks that you see us. And God, that's kind of intimidating. But we also know that you're for us. And you want God to transform our thinking and our actions. And God, that whole process starts by saying yes to Jesus. So God, if, if there's anyone in this room who needs to start this relationship, we just want to say that we're broken. We're sinners. And we need your grace. We need your love. We need your forgiveness. And God, we thank you that we, we can't be righteous and blameless on our own, but you became broken. You took our brokenness and gave us your forgiveness and righteousness, and we are blameless because of the blood of Jesus. So this morning, we accept you. We accept the gift of your salvation, the gift of your righteousness. And we pray, God, to be in process and the strength to walk in that way that leads to life. In Jesus' name, amen.